Welcome back to the Patriot Nation podcast presented by SB Nation. We are the voice of Patriot Nation. It is January 11th. We have a great show today. We have Garrett Sisti, who's the assistant editor from Bolts from the Blue and the host of the Lightning Round podcast. He's coming on to talk some Patriots chargers. And then also afterwards, Spags and I are going to kind of go through and give you uh, just a quick breakdown of who we think is going to win the other three games this weekend. Because it's not just the Patriots, it's the other three games as well. So sit back, enjoy, and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's How you doing, sir? I'm doing well, man. It was finally great to see you this past weekend. Grabbed a couple beers, watched some, watched some good football. It's uh, been been too long, man. <laughs> we talked about it with yeah, the, know, right? Garrett. It's been almost two years, but that's what happens when you have three kids and I'm in college. But it was it was fun. We'll definitely yep. do that again. Yeah, it was good. It's good time and just kind of hanging out, watching the uh, watching the Seahawks game. And that was a a late cover for you, man. That was like one of those games. And again, it's one of those things, man, where Janikowski gets hurt, and you get the bad beat there. Where yeah, there's you know, the bad beat too. Instead of hey man, but it's bad for some, but good for others. So you know, it, it pays off. You know, hey, we'll take it, right? Exactly, exactly. So all right, so we have Garrett Sisti coming on this week. We're gonna get into him, and like I said, we'll be back afterwards uh, with just a quick preview for the other three games as well. So let's get into that interview with Garrett. All right, we're gonna welcome on the show Garrett Sisti. He is the assistant editor of Bolts. From the Blue, which is the SB Nation site for the Chargers. He's also the host of the Lightning Round podcast. Garrett, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. No problem. So, thanks for uh, coming on. Let's talk about the uh, the big matchup this week. Obviously, that's the the, the topic of discussion heading into the show, uh, Garrett. Oh, we're not going to talk beer or uh, anything else? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, I know for your followers, they you might be thinking we'd be talking about ice cream, but we're not. <laughs> Hopefully, we won't be talking at all about ice cream. But, but um, oh, we'll see. Man. So, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> Charges wise, you guys haven't been in the playoffs since 2013. I was shocked when I saw that. Me too. Yeah, man. Uh, this team hasn't been very good for a while. <laughs> we uh, uh, we've had to endure the uh, coachings of Mike McCoy, who couldn't even keep an offensive coordinator job to save his life now, <laughs> couldn't with the Broncos or the Cardinals. Uh, imagine that as a head coach. So uh, we had to sit through that, and uh, they ba- he basically took a pretty good team and made it a middling, below-average team for a couple years. So uh, luckily, uh, the Chargers are looking good this season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you and Gordon and Ingram and the guys on the, you know, the defense and the offense, and you're like, 
that's a talented squad, and to not be able to put things together is just very surprising. So, but you're yeah, back in. Yeah, I mean, it all. Yeah, of course, we're back in, and uh, the conservative play calling has gone out the window, and a little bit more aggressive, and uh, a nice uh, coaching style from Anthony Lynn has helped out. I will say that second half, that second half was bringing me flashbacks of Marty Schottenheimer. I was like, is Marty Schottenheimer coaching that team again? Because they were, yeah, second half, you guys were just like, we're just going to run it for two, run it for two, throw a pass at incompletion. It's like, what are we doing here? Ravens were getting back into the game. And I'm like, now me as a Patriots fan, I'm sitting there like, this is fantastic because we're going to get to play the Ravens. Like, they're terrible. Yeah. Instead, now we got to deal with you guys. But like, you know, but oh, I was rooting hard for the Ravens in that game because I thought, you know, outside of, I thought Patriots, Chiefs, and Chargers were the three best teams in the AFC. And the Colts aren't aren't a distant fourth, but the Ravens, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, we'd smoke that team if they came in here. Yeah, yeah. There was a, you know, to the end of that game, uh, Gus Bradley kind of dropped into a soft shell. You know, he just wanted to eat up clock and uh, ended up biting them in the butt a little bit. Um, the Chargers had a first down to end that game, but it's called back on a holding call, which was kind of a phantom holding call, and it yeah. brought up a third and long. So, um, they had a chance to close that game out. They did and then didn't. And then eventually they were able to uh, sack, fumble, Lamar Jackson, recover it, and just end the game there. Right, right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, oh, go ahead. And, uh, no, not, not to um, interrupt you, Pat, but I was going to say, like, moving into this week, you know, uh, we can give our take first. Obviously, it's good to hear different perspectives, different, you know, viewpoints but what's your biggest matchup for the Chargers to be successful here knowing how tough it is to win in in Foxborough in in January yeah there's a lot I mean uh, if we're talking about um, on either side of the ball I mean defensively Gus Bradley unveiled something pretty innovative last week with their which was their uh, quarters defense Uh, they ran their dollar D as they called it where they ran seven defensive backs didn't have a linebacker on the field for 58 of their 59 snaps on Sunday. I saw that, and they, yeah. Yeah, they beat the Ravens with speed. And, um, you know, a lot of people think that the uh, Patriots are just going to go heavy and uh, they'll take care of those uh, younger 200-pound uh, DBs with some 300-pound beef up front and just take them out at the second level. But the Baltimore tried to do that in the second half and they didn't have any success. So I think, um, first and foremost, uh, running those DBs is going to be good because there's a lot of – uh, big matchups, you know, with Julian Edelman, uh, Rob Gronkowski, even Chris Hogan, uh, even James White on the backfield. There's going to be a lot of speed that they're going to have to counter. Not that Gronk's a speedy guy, but um, you're going to want those DBs to cover. And uh, I think getting more DBs on the field is going to be a big deal. And then also stopping the run. Uh, this team isn't a great run defensive team, no matter what the stats are going to tell you. They did great last week, but um, they really got to uh, stop Michelle on the ground. Um, and then, you know, obviously the big deal and that from as long as I've known the Patriots, it's always, you know, give Brady the sense of pressure. Uh, interior pressure is always uh, his weak point, but that offensive line so far this year has been pretty damn good. So uh, that's and that was that was my key, too. Like I was going to say, I'm writing an article right now. It's, you know, it's protecting Tom Brady one for me. It's just that offensive mm-hmm. line has been so consistent all year long, but uh, Chargers, the, the, your defense has had 16 sacks the last five games, um, and I think seven last week, which was pretty impressive, uh, especially yeah. when you're when you're going against Lamar Jackson, who can extend plays with his legs. Um, that's going to be tough for Brady, who's you know 
struggled a little bit, hasn't, you know, stepped into throws, moved up into the pocket as much as we have in the past. So we'll see. I mean, that, that that's definitely one for me. Pat, and that's something I saw anything. while watching the games uh, this week because, um, you know, did a preview podcast as well. And I went back and watched the Patriots game this year. And it did seem like there were some uh, business decisions, I'll say, for Tom Brady, not really stepping into throws like you were mentioning. Do you think that's just to preserve himself uh, for the playoffs? I know he's older and uh, he kind of, wants, kind of wants to save the body, but do you think when the playoffs hit, it's, you know, he's going to be vintage Tom I mean, Brady? He's going to be. Yeah, I, well, it, until he gives us a reason to otherwise, I'll go quick, Pat. It, I'm, I'm going to believe in that. And, you know, I've. I thought for a little bit he might have been hurt, but he looked really good in that in that week 17. He was moving well, made some throws on the run. And to be honest with you, as long as he's still here, I'm not worried about when the when, you know when the when the calendar flips to January. Tom Brady only gets better. I really I really believe that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll tell you, I was I was listening to that preview podcast, and I have a few issues with you on that one. But, but okay, let's talk. The, no, no, I know, and well, I'm gonna, I'm going to get into it in a second, but I, I think. Okay. I think honestly, what you were saying is 100% true. I think the blueprint, if there's a blueprint for beating the Patriots, it's getting pressure with four. If you can get pressure with four guys, you can beat the Patriots. So that's the only, I mean, and and they can do that. You know, the Chargers can do that. And if they do, then they're going to have an issue. The Patriots will at least have an issue. Now, when you say business decision, see, to me, I hated that. You said that like 14 times in the episode, and I'm like, oh, business. it makes him sound like, you know, like James Harden or something like that. And I'm like, oh, oh God. no, 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 not at all. No, no, I, and I know what you meant. I know what you meant by it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not like I'm, I'm not taking offense to it, but I think, I think that part of it is you're right. Brady understands he's 41. So, you know, a game in October that really doesn't mean too much. It's like, okay, I'm not going to stand in the pocket and get killed. Like, let me just get this ball out and live another day. And I think that he's kind of done that his whole career, and he's made a living off of it, and he's been able to play this well because he's willing to do that. A lot of times, you know, you see a lot of quarterbacks that aren't willing to take an incompletion. You know, sometimes there are good incompletions where you just, like, you just throw the ball away or you throw it somewhere where no one can catch it. And, you know, uncharacteristically, we saw it from Brady in the in the Steelers game where he tried to throw it out of bounds, I thought. And it got picked off at the end of the game. And it was like, what are you doing? Like that was, it was so uncharacteristic of Brady to do that because you're right. Now it's not like you say business decision. Like I wouldn't phrase it like that, but I understand what you're saying. Like he's saying, well, let's just move on. Like we'll take the incompletion and we'll move on. Even if it's the end of the drive, like it's not the end of the game. Like we'll be fine. Let's just keep going. He's not going to necessarily extend plays with his feet, although he has in times, but that's the key is that, those outside guys, Bosa and Ingram, let them run by them. But if that front, I think the middle is the key. If they get middle pressure, Brady doesn't have the mobility skills to get outside. And so that's really the issue. Yeah, the outside guy is fine, but the inside guys are the issue. And that's why for the Patriots, having Tooney and having Mason and having Andrews play so well this year has really helped them moving forward because – you know, Brady hasn't been hit a ton. And when it has, it's coming from Marcus Cannon off the right side. And they have, you know, a back or a tight end out there to help him. So, um, but yes, I think that getting four, getting pressure with four is going to be a huge key for the, for the, uh, for the chargers. 
Yeah, and you know, and I and I get what you're saying. I think uh, there's a negative connotation with business decision. And I get that, like he's flopping, like James Harden. But to, like, and I said it on the podcast. I don't know if you got that far, but I think it was smart. Um, like he, like you guys had just talked about. You know, this isn't these games matter, but they don't matter as much as they do now. After right. you know, once we're in January, so to me, uh, to you know, throw a ball away or put it in the dirt or even the sense of pressure and not wanting to take another hit at 41, why not throw it away and move on to the next down? I think it's smart for him to do that. But um, for me, and I'm, you know, obviously I'm an outside observer, um, but just from the games I've seen, it seems like uh, Brady is more willing to do that this year than he has in the past, you know, year or two before to just throw it away or try to uh, not get hit or throw it out of bounds as quickly as possible. I mean, I will say, and, and Spags, you know, we've talked about this on the show, like I feel like he's been more affected by pressure this year than he has in years past. Definitely. Um, I would agree to that. Yeah. You know, so, and I think you're right. I mean, that you can rattle him if you can get in his face. Now, it's the playoffs, so th- that may all go out the window, you know, because right, he's so right, lights yeah. out in the playoffs. But, you know, but at the same time, you look at it and say, well, that's if you're going to beat the Patriots, that's the only chance you have is to try to rattle Brady and get him off his game, you know, because realistically they're going to need him to play well. And yeah, Michelle, obviously running the ball is going to be huge. I mean, if they can run for a lot of yards, like forget about it. You know, I think Michelle runs like a hundred yards or more. They're like, I don't think they've lost yet. So, you know, if they can establish the run and run the ball, you know, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a long day for the chargers, you know? Yeah. And, you know, uh, watching these two teams, it's almost like, you know, their strengths and weaknesses almost line up because you look at um, Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers, and there's no two quarterbacks that have passed more inside the pocket than any quarterback in the playoffs right now. Rivers 94%, Brady 95% inside the pocket. Um, You've got Mm. really good DBs. The Chargers do too. Um, The run game is pretty good up front. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of match up uh, for the Chargers and Patriots in terms of like, weaknesses and strengths you almost see a lot of uh, similarities in that respect no absolutely now how is melvin gordon is he i just don't i i haven't he did go down for a little bit in that game right because i know eckler got a lot of carries yeah yeah he went down uh in that game he went in the locker room came back uh they're resting him this week just so that he gets some rest and he's he's going to be a full go on sunday Okay. That's I assumed, but I wasn't sure like if it was like the knee's still very bothering him and he's obviously he's gonna play, but like who knows how, you know, if he'll be a hundred percent or whatever, you know. Yeah, they said they're gonna give so, him his full workload and just rest him this week. So there you go. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. So I think um off one last thing offensively for the Patriots, Gronk to me is the key to the game. Because if Gronk can be now I don't know what the deal has been with Gronk. He's caught only three touchdown passes this year. He's been a shell of himself for most of the year, except for the first game against Houston when he totally dominated the entire game and was completely 100% uncoverable. And so I don't know if they just said, you know, he takes a lot of hits, he takes a lot of punishment, so let's just, like, not do that to him all year long. He's been playing a ton of snaps, so it's not like he hasn't been out there. He's not hurt. They just haven't targeted him but he's just not catching passes. And so I don't know if it's one of those things where they're going to turn him loose in the playoffs. I don't know, but he's the type of guy where he creates a matchup nightmare for any team that's playing them. And so if Gronk all of a sudden is a dominant force in the scene, now it's like, well, and then Edelman gets open and then Hogan gets open and you get white come out of the backfield. And even if you get seven, 
you get seven DBs on the field. That's great. But like now you're asking a corner to cover Gronk and it's like, that's not fair. So it's like, you know, it's one of those things where he's going to, if he has a big day, it could be a long day for the chargers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. Um, the chargers have had success with tight ends and, um, They've ran Des King, who is, uh, you know, one of the uh, league's best slot corners, uh, mm-hmm. matched up mostly on their tight ends. And, and they've, saw, they've seen a lot of good tight ends this year. Um, they've been a little leaky on a couple of them, like George Kittle uh, got behind him a few times, and they let Mark Andrews of the Ravens get behind him uh, last time they met in the regular season. But uh, for the most part, they've been, been able to corral the tight ends. And, um, you know, what they want to do is bracket uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski, and that's what they did with, uh, the teams like the Raiders, who, you know, their best receiving weapon was Jared Cook, and they would basically run Des King underneath, and they've got another DB, Adrian Phillips, who's a pro bowler uh, right over the top right. and kind of uh, suffocate them a little bit. And uh, no doubt, I mean, every time Gronk touches the field, he's a mismatch. I mean, how, how, you, you can't match up with him as long as he's been in the league, you know? So um, there's no recipe to stopping Gronk. Uh, you hope that the only thing that can stop him is himself, you know, his body. If he is the shell of his former self, I know he only has three touchdown passes and he, he does look like it, but, you know, who knows? Maybe we're going to see playoff Brady and playoff Gronk, and then this is going to be a hell of a game for the Patriots if that's the case. Yeah, right. Well, that's a, certainly a possibility. So we'll see. I mean, I think I think on that side of the ball, it's going to be a really interesting matchup because the Chargers' defense is so good. And, again, you know, the Patriots and Chargers – and the Colts are the only three teams in the NFL with top 10 scoring offenses and defenses. So everyone knows the Chargers is a good defense. Now, I think obviously Bosa's name gets thrown out a lot. Ingram's name gets thrown out a lot. And some of those other guys get lost in the mix, you know, the Kings and the um, Wilsons and, you know, other guys like that. So those are guys that get lost. But I think that, you know, they have a really good defense. And so Derwin James, baby. The Patriots. Oh, yeah, dude. He's a rookie, right? Is he a rookie? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. What a freaking yeah. monster that guy is, dude. Jesus. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, it's funny. You get rid of Weddle when you pick up Derwin James. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> no big deal, you know? Hey, he so, fell to 17. You try to convince me how that happened. I, I can't, I no, can't figure that out. He should have been a top 10 pick. I mean, it's crazy. Easily. Easily. So, yeah. He's in the conversation yeah. for defensive rookie of the year with uh, Darius Leonard over there in Indianapolis. Yeah. Right. He's been great. I agree. 100%. So so it should yeah. be a fun matchup. Now, the other side of it is interesting because, again, you know, now you're talking about top 10 scoring offense, you get top 10 scoring defense. I think the Chargers have some matchups. I think, you know, unfortunately for the – now, Hunter Henry, I think now you're talking about tight end again, Hunter Henry could be the difference maker really for them. I think Chung does a great job against tight ends. But Hunter Henry could be a difference maker for them because I think, you know, you have Gilmore who – you know, is an all pro corner going against Keenan Allen and you got JC Jackson probably against Mike Williams and Jackson is good and has played really well. His strong suit is the fade route, the deep route. Those are Williams's routes. So those, you know, Williams isn't, isn't one of those quick twitch guys. Like those are the guys that Jackson does well against. So I think he'll have success uh, against Williams, even though he's a bigger body guy, Jackson's still a pretty big guy. So Hunter Henry could be the difference there. I think that I mean, it's really going to come down to, again, Rivers, again, like how can he perform with, you know, with that matchup going on in Gordon too? Like that will be – it'll be interesting to see what's, what happens on the side of the ball. What do you think about matchup-wise on that side of the ball? Yeah, uh, in terms of Hunter Henry, um, I, I don't see him getting more than 
Uh, he's probably getting a workload of about 10 to 15 snaps on Sunday. He tore his ACL in the offseason, and he's just right. getting back to okay. And he was – you know, there were rumors that he was supposed to play in Baltimore, and he was too sore right. to even play there. So I don't think he's magically mm. getting better enough to get him 25 to 30 snaps on Sunday. So I say it's a, a small workload, but I will say it's not a small workload and he's a decoy. He will get his targets. He's going to get a few, right. but – I just don't see, uh, you know, a lot of targets for Hunter Henry. I think, you know, in the neighborhood of two to four throws going his way. And, um, yeah, I think that would be a good matchup um, because I know uh, the middle of that defense for New England is a little bit susceptible. Um, If you're talking about where the Patriots have the advantage, I mean, I don't know if you look across the NFL, if there's a better cornerback duo than McCourty and Gilmore. Right. And J.C. Jackson too. Throw him in there. Undrafted free agent. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's great. But I'm talking. I mean, one two. Just, you know, yeah. one two punch. I just exactly. you know, I don't see any better than that on the outside. Right. And you know, um, the the problem I saw with teams going against the Patriots is you know you can you can try to keep eating up the middle of the field, but every shot down the sideline, they're pinching guys off to the sideline. They're running them out of bounds, and they're getting their hands on footballs. It's the the uh, go routes are going to be trouble on Sunday. I don't see how the Chargers are going to be able to win that matchup on the sidelines, on the outside. And um, if I'm being quite honest, the Chargers' interior offensive line isn't very good. Mike Pouncey, is, the center, is a pro bowler, but he's kind of trending in the wrong direction. When they yeah. get matched up with a guy like Lawrence Guy, who to me seems like a top-ten interior defender. That's so underrated. And, he's very He's very good. <laughs> And let me tell you, he's an ex-charger, and he couldn't get out of the building fast enough. We hated him here. Wow. He was not good when he was here. He went to Baltimore, yeah. started to progress. He gets to New England, and he's an animal. He is so yeah. good. So, um, you know, if you run at guys like Danny Shelton, Mac and Malcolm Brown, you might have an advantage. But when you've got a guy like Lawrence Guy going against the guards, Michael Schofield and Dan Feeney, who have struggled all year with interior pressure – I, you know, Lawrence Scott doesn't really get the sack numbers. I mean, I think he's got one this year, but I think he's going to be in Rivers' face a lot on Sunday. Right. I mean, I think it's pretty yeah. accurate. I, I, you know, it's funny. I think the Patriots have – they have they don't have a ton of sacks. They get a decent amount of pressures. The majority of their pressures come from games inside and late blitzes. That's really where a lot of their pressures come from. And what it what it does is it forces the guards to commit and then all of a sudden, there's pressure up right up the middle, you know. And Trey Flowers had a ton of success doing that. He's very, I was you know, just say, he's very good at done that. It. Right, and so it's like, and guys, another one of those guys that you know can fight through and plays the run and plays the pass. And and I think he's that good in the trenches. He is good in the trenches, and I think that's the big thing because for the Chargers, they almost that you need, again same thing the Patriots are doing establish the run. With Gordon, they have such a, a dynamic passing attack too. With Eckler's out there, Gordon can catch the ball too. Like they have a solid offense, and so it's like if they can run the ball successfully against the Patriots, then that opens up the passing lanes. And so that's going to be a key. For, you know, obviously, like another one where it's like, if who are you running at? Are you running at Lawrence Guy? Probably not. Are you running at Trey Flowers? Yeah. Probably not. So now you're running the other side, and you know it's Dietrich Wise, and it's you know, corners coming down and filling. And so I think that that's going to be, you know, key for them. And Rivers is the big matchup. But to me, it's almost Melvin Gordon, like run the ball, establish the run. Now everything else gets set up by that. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's just like Brady. You know, you want to get interior pressure, which uh, the the Patriots can definitely do. And um, you know, on the outside, uh, the tackles have struggled with speed, and I, I think Trey Flowers can get to him. Uh, Trey Flowers is really good off the edge, and you know, the Chargers are probably going to want to get uh, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler involved a lot in the passing game. Try to get them matched up with uh, some of these linebackers. You know, try to get them. Um, you know, just if if you can get a one-on-one with a guy like Van Oy or something and uh, hope that you can win in space, they do that a lot with their offense, and they want to get running backs one-on-one with uh, linebackers Hightower or Van Oy. They'll, they'll try to do that. And it's, again, another similarity, uh, you know, the Patriots are going to probably want to do the same exact thing. The Chargers won't run as many linebackers, but they're going to want to get guys like Burkhead and White out in front and one-on-one with these DBs. And you know, going back to last last year's matchup in Week Eight, Burkhead they exposed White them killed there. the Chargers. They had 153 yards. There was like 12 catches. It was unre- They were the top two leading receivers that day. Yeah, they murdered the Chargers at the second level. So much like how the Chargers are going to want to try to get matchups with the linebackers with Loma Gordon, Austin Eckler through the ground, it's going to be the same with the Patriots with White and Burkhead. Yeah, I yeah, agree. no, I, I agree. agree. I mean, and that that's definitely like a focal point and and a part that. Not a lot of people see is, you know, um, I, I heard a lot on, on media today, on sports media this week, that the Chargers really got better at that uh, this season and in, in, in containing, you know, receiving running backs and, and, and good in those one-on-ones. But kind of segueing into our final portion of the show before we let you go, uh, before we talk about Phillip Rivers' funky, weird throwing motion, uh, kind of a question <laughs> for you. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? Because we'll we'll give our takes after, but I, it's good to see from your from your side. Are you going to let me hear your takes, or are you going to get me? You off you go first. I want to hear yours okay. first. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's that. He, yes, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's sixth all time in touchdown passes, eighth all time in completion passer rating, passing yards. He's one of six players in NFL history to at least four season a triple digit passer rating on four hundred plus attempts. I think you've heard me get this question before. And he's the greatest uh, Chargers quarterback of all time. Uh, everyone asks, is Philip Rivers a Hall of Fame quarterback? Does he have the rings? No. But does he have the stacks and the play to back it up? Yes. Um, I think when you talk about rings, it's exciting when you're in the barbershop or on a social media. You know, uh, should they be a Hall of Famer if they don't have any rings? Uh, and I know quarterbacks get held to a different standard, but, you know, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, his uh, running back mate, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer, no rings. There's plenty of guys in the Hall of Fame with no rings. And if you want to use the argument that he's this generation's Dan Marino uh, and he deserves to get in like Dan did, sure, uh, that, that'll work too. So, you know, you don't have to win Super Bowls to get into the Hall of Fame. And I know that'll be part of the argument, but he's got the numbers to back it up. He's the greatest of franchise history. He doesn't have to be the greatest of all time because I think, you know, if you look at your guys' quarterback, Tom Brady, uh, you'll see that. He's easy. First time Hall, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. And Brady. But, uh, yes, I think Rivers is definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, his play backs it up and his stats back it up. You said everything I was going to say, because I was, uh, so I'll just say <laughs> I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> Good. All right. I mean, the numbers – the numbers are insane. Like I, I was just looking, just out of curiosity. I'm like, oh, Rivers has always been good. I mean, since 2008, he's got 4,000 plus passing yards in every season except for one. That's insane. And you know, and he just he just does it every. And he's done year. it with a now, lot of coaches too, like you said. Right, yeah. and a lot of terrible coaches. I mean, just putrid oh, yeah. coaching. 
And so I think that that's, he's he's struggled with that for sure. And and look, people are going to look at you know you say playoff, you say Super Bowls. I mean, last week was his fifth playoff win in his career, right? I mean, Brady has five Super Bowl rings, and so it's mm-hmm. like Rivers has five playoff wins, and so it's like obviously it's one of those things. He's the probably he's the best quarterback to ever not play in the Super Bowl. But he's been there before. I mean, look, as far as I'm concerned, if you're a Patriots fan, after 07, I don't know how anyone could ever look at Phil Rivers and not know that the guy is a warrior. Like, the guy comes in on a torn ACL and plays the AFC Championship game on a torn ACL. And did he have a bad game? Yeah, he didn't play well. He was playing on a torn ACL. Like, of course he didn't play well. But, he, <laughs> but like, he gutted it out. He brought his team here. Tomlinson couldn't play through it and was sitting with his helmet on with his visor, crying on the bench because his knee stung a little bit. And, like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, come on. Like, Tomlinson can't suck it up, and Rivers is playing on a flipping torn ACL. And it's like, what are we doing here? And so, to me, I look at that guy and I say, you know, the guy's a warrior. Now, is he this? Is he football's version of Sean Marion? Absolutely. His form is the most ridiculous throwing form I've ever seen. I don't understand it. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But it gets there, and so it's like, you know, I mean, he's an accurate passer, which is ridiculous. When you watch him throw, you're like, there's no way that guy could be accurate. But he is, and he does well, and it's it's funny how things kind of work out, right? Because it's like at five, I think they said, so the Giants, was it the Giants were at five, and the Giants at five would have drafted, um, the Giants said at five they wanted to draft, um, I think they wanted to draft Roethlisberger at five and they drafted Rivers instead because that's who San Diego wanted. And so they, you know, so they did that, but it would have been funny. Like Roethlisberger ends up in San Diego or Roethlisberger ends up in New York and, you know, Rivers ends up or not um, Manning ends up in San Diego and who knows where Rivers ends up. So it just would have been interesting to kind of see how all that played out, you know, if the whole Manning forcing a trade thing didn't happen, but um, I don't know how anyone could argue against him. I mean, again, you know, the rings are a big part of it. I get that. But, like, there's only so much that you can do when it comes to the rings. Now, is he a great player in the playoffs? I Some would say probably not. I mean, 11 TDs, 9 picks. It's not like, you know, he's not – doesn't set the world on fire when he gets here. But, again, you have to look around. The coaching staff just sucks, I feel like, every year for the Chargers. And so it's like, you know – Part of that, part of Brady being so good is because he has great coaches and they put him in great positions. And obviously he has to make the plays when he gets there, but he gets to those positions because of his coaching and Rivers almost gets there in spite of his coaching. Yeah, I think that's uh, fair on a, on a few fronts. And I think if you put it in perspective and remember that Phil Rivers didn't play his first four years of his career because he's sitting behind Drew Brees, it kind of puts uh, a better spin on his numbers, too, because he didn't do it throughout his whole career. He had to sit behind and learn from Breeze before even getting in the game. So uh, so it is it is quite a, a feat, and I think, yeah, he, he should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. So we'll see. I mean, that's, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, like I said, the, the form is hysterical, but it's it works <laughs> for him, man. And, you know, of course, you got all the all the all the kids jokes and everything else, and everyone throws yep. out the you know he's got eight kids or nine or however many kids he has, yeah. and you know I heard an awesome uh, was it oh that's right West Brady, uh, Danny Woodhead was talking about what the hell was the he was on part of my take this week and he said like he 
I wish I remembered the phrase, but it was just like a ridiculous phrase, but like, cause he doesn't swear. So he'll just nope. come out with the most ridiculous things that, you know, he just says, he just says something and it's like, what are you talking about? But he just comes <laughs> up with different things, you know? So, um, yeah, but it's interesting cause you see him on the sideline and you're like, you're like, Oh man, this guy, he's like such a trash talker and you know, bad guy in the snat and, and turns out like he doesn't swear. He doesn't do any of that stuff. And so <laughs> he's all time. Uh, he's a football guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's great. Yep. So we'll see. I, that's, that's honestly the biggest concern that I have this weekend is that it's the, this weekend is like, or this year is like the Phil Philip rivers, like destiny year. Like it's one of those things where he's like been so good for so long. He's never been able to push his team to the super bowl. And like, this is the year that it happens, and it's just like destiny, and they get there, and it's like it's like the Ray that's Lewis the thing final that I'm year. scared of the most. It's the Ray Lewis final right. year for me. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It's then, hey, good luck. Whole, yeah, it's been a whole redemption tour this whole year. You know, finally getting a win in Kansas City and uh, pulling off a miraculous win against the uh, Steelers when they were like 245 and 0 uh, when leading by. 14 plus points and they were just all the uh, beating beating uh seattle in seattle when an afc team hadn't won there in six seven years and so there's been right. all these different feats that uh they've overcome and um it's been uh quite interesting and yeah um yeah, so there, there are whispers that this is a special team going on here so we'll see i mean this is I think this is where uh, the true test comes because, uh, you know, I think they were able to handle Baltimore pretty easily. But uh, if they beat New England here, man, we'll see. Right. Well, and something's got to give. I mean, Patriots are undefeated at home. Brady's never lost to Rivers. And this year the Chargers are undefeated away from L.A. So, you know, it's like <laughs> something – one of those streaks is going to break this year, and we'll see. Hopefully, you know, I mean, not for you, but hopefully for us, it's no. <laughs> it's the charted streak. But you know, we'll see what happens. So yeah. But hey, Garrett, thank you so much for coming on. Um, before you leave, listen, you know, tell people where they can find you. I mean, I'm sure people listening to in LA know you already, but but plug yourself, anyways. Yeah, so uh, I got the podcast. I do the Charged podcast. It's called the Lightning Round podcast. I've been doing that for a while, and I'm at Garrett Sisti. On Twitter, if you want to go uh, hear some Chargers talk this weekend. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, have a great weekend. Enjoy watching the game. And, and uh, you know, hopefully you'll have to save your ice cream until Monday. You know, maybe it'll be a, uh, you know, instead of a celebratory ice cream, it'll be, you know, uh, oh, okay. It was always next year ice cream, you know. Now, that was – I don't know if you know the story behind that whole thing, but Eric Weddle, every every game would celebrate with ice cream. And so okay, uh, he trashed the Chargers on his way out. And um, he was uh, talking about how he was going to enjoy his bowl of ice cream this weekend after they beat the Chargers. They didn't beat the Chargers. And so, you know, I, I had to have some ice cream in his honor. I like it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Take care. All Take right. care, Garrett. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Awesome. All right. So you want to – Nice. Do you want to bring us? Uh, you want to bring us back like you usually do? Yeah, yeah. I'll do it right now. All right, cool. And then we'll. Uh, I don't know. Just pick. Doesn't matter which one of the games you. Uh, you want right, to do yeah. first. Just pick one. Okay. And we'll go back and forth. All right. So thank you to Garrett for coming onto the show, and best of luck to his uh, team over way out west in uh, Los Angeles. Hopefully, 
the beat LA slogan can work once again, but Pat, to finish up our show, a couple more minutes here. We got for our listeners, uh, breaking down the divisional, uh, round matchup with teams around the league. Uh, I guess we'll start, we can do our past prediction, but we'll do that last. Uh, Pat, let's start with the other AFC game. I'll let you go first. Indianapolis Colts who who have won, I believe 10 of their last 11 heading to Arrowhead stadium, trying to knock the one seed off. I think they do it. I really do. I think they do it. I, I I'm with about you it too, man. Playoff started. Man, I just think I, no cream hunts a problem. Something that's that is a problem for the Chiefs. I think you know, and 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 look, there were other running backs that played well, but I think you have to have a team that can go in and slow the Chiefs down and score twenty plus points on them. The, even the Colts when they were struck, Colts started at one and five, right? They haven't scored less than twenty points all year, so they can score points. And their defense is also good. Again, and we talked about it with Garrett. I've talked about it on the show, we, whatever. But but they were, you know, top 10 scoring offense and defense. They can stop you and they can put points on the board. And I think that's what you need to do against Kansas City. And look, it's Andy Reid. I get it's Pat Mahomes. I get they've been explosive. But it's Andy Reid. How can you trust Andy Reid in the playoffs, especially against a hot team? And a lot of times it's the hottest team that wins and not necessarily the best team. I'm picking Indy this week to beat Kansas City and, spoiler alert, be here in New England for the AFC Championship game. I'm with you 100%. Um, I think Indy's playing good football right now on all sides of the ball. Um, They can slow it down. Uh, We know Andy Reid's success in January is not great, 19 and 18 in his career. Uh, And I agree. We'll do our spoiler, too. I think the Pats win this weekend. I think it'll be close. Uh, maybe, you know, one possession game at halftime, second half, the adjustments like they always say, and they, they kind of run away with it and, and kind of Belichick out coaches his way to another AFC title game. So that's it for yeah. the AFC. Um, I, I guess give your take two on the pass and we'll, we'll head into the NFC. All right. So, yeah, Patriots-wise, I just think I think that they're good enough at home. They're just better than everyone else that comes in. They're deep, they, just, yeah. they have an advantage at home. And it's, you know, LA's also – Flew to Baltimore last week, flew home to LA, flew back over here. Like it's a lot of flying for them. They're playing early in the morning again. And I know they've done well there. I just feel like for me, the Patriots have a little bit too much. Um, and again, Patriots are hot right now, too. They're playing well. Don't forget these last two games, they've really started playing well. They have kind of a chip on their shoulder, too. Um, and so it's funny because Alex Shane was saying, Pat's Pulpit podcast was saying that it's really the worst matchup for the Patriots. And it is. Out of the three teams, the Chargers were clearly the team you didn't want to see. But I think they can play with anyone at home. And while I think the Chargers will give them a game, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it within 10 points because four out of their seven matchups between Rivers and Brady have been within 10 points, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. Um, but I think the Patriots, you know, at the in the end have enough to pull it out. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I like that. Um I think, too, I do, we talked about it with Garrett, too. I think, you know, the running backs. I think James White and, and Burkhead, you know, like we said, it, it just gonna they're going to play too big of a role. And then you get Adam, and hopefully Hogan can come out and, and uh, you know, show his postseason success and, and, and right. Gronk, too. But heading into the NFC, uh, this is a real tough one. And uh, Philly versus New Orleans, obviously Nick Foles, 4-0 in his last four playoff games. Has just mm-hmm. been incredible. I mean, he the guy literally can't lose. Um, 
I'm gonna go with Philly. I I really think they got a good shot, chance of going back to to the Super Bowl. I think they got a good team with Foles. He keeps it simple, you know, takes care of the ball. And 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 I know it's the Saints. I know they've been unstoppable, but blew them out in November. I think this is the 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 game that the Eagles just keep it close and and kind of like I go pull away at the end. And you know what? I'm tempted to go Eagles because they've been so good, uh, and Foles just has that magic. But after last year, losing the way they did in Minnesota, I just think this team is so hungry. And they're the best team. I mean, on paper, they're the best team in football. And it's really not that close, to be honest with you. They're just explosive on offense. They have some great players on defense. And to me, I look at that team and I just think, you know, I know they've been a little bit up and down the last month or so, but they're just so talented that I Look at that team and just say, I don't think Foles has enough magic in him. Yeah, it's true. To win that game. I, like, I, again, like I said, man. Yeah, I just think I just think last year, if last year doesn't happen, I think definitely there's a chance. But to, to me, it's like they're so hungry. Like they were there, they could taste it last year going into Philly. And this is funny because this is the matchup we would have had in the NFC Championship game last year. Yep. Had that not ridiculous play in Minnesota happen. And so it's like one of those things where you say, this is the matchup that the Saints have been waiting for for literally a year. They've been waiting to play the Eagles in the playoffs for a year because they were seconds away from doing it last year, and now they're going to do it this year, and I think nothing's going to stop them from winning. So to me, I'm going Saints at home. You know, they're not, out, they're not outside. They're not in the weather. That would definitely change everything, but they're not. So I'm going Saints. Uh, I don't think it's a blowout, but I think it's a comfortable win. And last but not least, the Rams versus Dallas. Um, I know Jared Goff hadn't been great the last five weeks. I think he was six touchdowns and six interceptions. And they kind of spiraled down from when they were, you know, rolling over teams. Um, but I, I think the Rams just have too much talent on both sides of the ball. That, And, you know, Dallas on the road, primetime football. I, I don't trust Dak Prescott in a situation like that. I'm going to have to go with the Rams. You know what? I think the I mean I think the Cowboys are fraud. Too inconsistent. I really do. You know, they really are. It's it's one of those things, you know, and but it's interesting. It's funny how we look at it and we say, you know, the Rams have stunk since since the because that's the first thing in my head. I was like, the Rams have stunk since the Chiefs game. And yet they're yep. 30 points in the Lions game, six points against the Bears, 23 against the Eagles, 31 against the Cardinals, and 48 against the Niners. So it's like <laughs> Even though they've struggled, they're still putting up points. They're still scoring. So, to me, Dallas can't yes, score. they've had some struggles, but Dallas can't score with this team. There's no way. And so, you know, if Dallas can shut them down and Goff has had – it's been, you know, it's been shown. Goff has had problems with pressure in his face. If you get pressure on Goff, you can beat him. I just don't know if they can do it enough. I know Dallas is a good defense, but realistically, you're asking me to trust Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper – to be able to keep up with the Rams scoring attack on offense. I just don't believe it. So I'm going Rams to win. And then the Rams in, uh, in new Orleans next weekend for the one, two matchup. That's going to be a hell of a matchup next week. Definitely. For sure. Definitely be a shootout. Uh, um, but Pat, that, that's, that's yeah. pretty much it for us, I guess. Um, you know, let's hope uh, we head to, what will that be? Our eighth straight AFC title game. Let's hope let's cross our fingers, but I like our chances. I like our chances going into Sunday, I'll tell you what, so. man. My, my daughter was born in April of 2011, and she has never been alive in a season where the Patriots have not been playing in the AFC Championship game. 
So she's now in second grade. <laughs> so we got <laughs> to keep put the that into going. perspective. I'd like to keep the streak going until she's right. like in middle school or high school. That'd be nice. But oh, uh, it's, it's going to end at some point. But let's yeah. just let's just keep going. So, but Swags, man, it's been it's a pleasure as always. And uh, thank you to Garrett for coming on. I appreciate him coming. And uh, you know, best of luck to his team. Not too much luck, but Not best of luck to his team as well. Um, you know, I tell you what, man. Let's enjoy the week. Hopefully, we'll have uh, have fun. I'm obviously going to the game, and hopefully, it'll be a lot of fun. I wish it were snowing. Wish it were going to snow, but it's not going to snow. Me too. Yeah. So, but it'll be nice and cold. So nice and cold for those LA guys. So, so uh, hopefully that'll that'll work a little a little magic into into the air in uh, in New England. So, anyway, Spag's been a pleasure, and I will uh, we'll do this next week, and hopefully, we'll be talking about eighth straight AFC Championship game, my friend. Absolutely, Pat. Go Pats. It's the ability to perform under dire situations. In other words, what does he do in a clutch? What does he want? Here comes a one-two pitch. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron.